We are good to go with more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. All right, here we go. Get on in here, hour two, off and running with you on this Thursday. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Go with the home team, Farm Bureau. We've got calls, texts, comments on the live stream, on the comments thread over there on YouTube and Facebook, so that's all coming up. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi, C Spire. Customer inspired. Speaking of phones, let's head over to the phone line, the Divini Equipment phone line. Chris is still hanging on and has been for a while. And Chris, I appreciate your patience. Thanks for calling back in. Let's try it again. You have the floor, sir. Go ahead. Hey, Matt. It's Chris Thornton. I'm not the Chris that you had before, but I love your work, love your show. Thank you. I uh, wanted to try to switch gears a little bit. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you loud and clear. Go ahead. Okay. Just wanted to switch races with the comment that I made earlier. Uh, I was a former college player myself, not like you in a bigger school, but still nonetheless, there's never a discussion about the college athlete experience. There's never a discussion about the actual scholarships, the grades, the work you have to do, the time put in. Uh-huh. I just find it so detrimental to what our game is, the purest in me. I, I find it just, I understand about the paying players. I get about the money is involved. I know the money makes the world go round. Mm-hmm. But I still don't think there's enough emphasis uh, put on the fact about players and the amount of time they're putting in, and these the, the transfers and what it's doing to locker rooms and everything else. I just I just don't like the direction our sport is going. Yeah, when um, you know, and, and the thing about it is, Chris, you know, I, I feel like you probably would agree with this. As a former player, there's any number of things you could talk about, right? Like you could start in, you could probably start in on the transfer portal. And some of the issues with it and the calendar and what they ought to do to fix it. You could talk about that for an hour before you even get to NIL. That's and that's how a lot of coaches feel about it too, you know. Thanks, Chris. We lost you. Hope he's okay. He sounded like he was in an airplane hangar, didn't he? <laughs> or over on the launch pad, you know. But uh Chris, good to hear from you. Yeah, um, you know, he used the word, the uh, college athlete experience. Um, and in that Jack Swarbrick interview, when he said something about that, his, his word was, this is the Notre Dame AD, that because of a couple of court cases out there, that he thinks it's likely that within a year, football, basketball players will be employees. Let me see if I can let me see if I can pull that up for you right here. In that way, more and more every day. Yes. But it, 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 can I go back and say this? This is uh, Jack Swarbrick interview with Dan Patrick. That would have changed everything or kept it. I mean, uh, Chip Kelly has talked about why don't we just have you know the football schools play the football schools and then the other uh, athletic programs don't have to travel to Piscataway or you know Syracuse or those kind of things. I mean that that seems. Like obvious that you could be able to still do that and not have the baseball team travel, uh, you know, all across the country. I'm all for more regional scheduling. Yeah, I, I think I think it makes a load of sense. It doesn't mean you need to separate out football operationally, right? I think I think we can all still stay under the same umbrella, um, but 
I'm, I'd like to see much more regional scheduling. Could you see where we're headed towards the NFL model with college football? Let's say you have 50 teams uh, split it up with uh, divisions. Yeah, a little hard to get there because of the conflicting media rights deals and assignment of rights. And yeah. so those things don't ever line up on the calendar basis. So a little hard to see how you get there. But it's likely within the next year, uh, either in an action involving USC or a federal case in Pennsylvania, uh, student-athletes, uh, football and basketball players will be declared employees. So there it is. That's the Notre Dame AD. And he said likely within the next year, not possibly, not long shot. He said likely. Okay. And so the reason I bring that up, Chris, talking about the college athlete experience, boy, you talk about a change. I mean, you go from, you know, you go from, you're a student, right? Like you're, You're not paying taxes on anything. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like you're still a kid, man. You're still a, you're a student just like all the rest, and you're trying to get your education so you can get the keys to your professional career. Maybe there's a little football on the beginning of it, but I promise you, you can, you can be Tom Brady. There ain't a whole lot of football, and you still have the majority of your life left <laughs> after that, right? And so the education part of it, but all of a sudden now you talk about employees, it's really going to dump things out onto the ground and just expose it all and go like, Hey man, okay, pick up the pieces. Cause you know, Chris, then if it's your, if you're an employee, the experience you're talking about totally changes. It, it just totally changes everything. And I don't even know how, gosh, with, with stuff, with laws that, that exist out there, like title nine, you know, the, sort of the equal opportunity thing for, for women and women's sports at the college level with that law existing. I don't know how that matches up where that fits in a puzzle with a model where basketball and football players, men, basketball, football players at schools across the country are deemed employees and our women. And then like, it's just a whole different, <laughs> it is a, an entirely different set of issues once it gets to that point and here's a guy saying it's likely within a year man i can't even wrap my head around it happening in a year and if it does then what i mean it is wild to think about hey just a couple of things and we're going to turn the page to something totally different here uh that i i want because we do actually have a little bit of news that broke in the last hour in high school football here in the state of mississippi and i want to pass that along to you first though on the country pleasing text line, country pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves all around the southeast. Somebody said, Matt, would a law like the one in Missouri trump the MHSAA rule that prohibits high school players from receiving money? Well, see, yeah. I mean, it would. Now, then it brings about the question of can a can an activities organization have a set of rules? where they certainly can't rule something to be illegal, but they can certainly rule somebody to not be able to participate in their organization. Well, and, and it's still be okay under state law. You know what I'm saying? Like It brings all about that sort of issue, and maybe courts would have to figure that one out also. I don't know. Jason out in Flagstaff, 
Arizona, Texas show. He said, I agree with what the other person said. I'll just care about the games. No sense getting invested further anymore. The days of watching talented young players develop at one place over three to four years are pretty well over. Yeah, I mean, certainly more rare. It'll still happen some. Res Dog texts the show and says, I've got to pay to send my own daughters to college. I won't be paying for some player to go to school. And there's Res Dog from one fan's perspective um, out there. So, yeah, um, it, to me, I just thought the whole thing, if you look at the actual context, I don't know all the details, but I think Dan Patrick maybe is doing his show from, what, Ireland or whatever. And uh, you're getting ready for the season opening games this week, and then everybody else gets underway next week. And, you know, he's interviewing Notre Dame people, and he's got Will Farrell in his studio and all this. He does a great show. Always thought a lot of Dan Patrick and his product. Okay, and it was a great interview. He's asking questions that a lot of these people won't ask that are associated with networks who have media rights to carry games and stuff. Like if, if, if you're making money off the total number of eyeballs, why would you be negative about it, right? Think about that. Well, he, he's in a different situation. So he's asking the questions. And here's a guy who's a few days before the season began, and we hadn't had a whole lot of negative news and NIL stuff going on. We're excited. We're talking tight ends and offensive linemen and quarterbacks and records and who's going to win and all that. And here's the Notre Dame AD in an interview. He goes, total disaster. College football is a total disaster. <laughs> It just kind of hit me. I was like, whoa, I forgot about that uh, for a day or two. Well, boy, howdy. That's college football. You know what isn't a disaster? High school football. And I'm going to play the JSU Sonic Boom just because I want to hear a marching band. Yeah, high school football. And you have a bunch of games tonight. You got a bunch tomorrow. You got some on Saturday. A lot of games are starting to get moved around their game times and stuff to sort of accommodate these extreme temperatures that we've got. Pushing start times back. Avoid the hottest part of the day as much as you can and all that. I'll tell you this, man. Last night in Tupelo, Mississippi at about 8 o'clock, it was 98 degrees outside. No wind blowing, nothing. 7.30, you go outside, it's just, I mean, 95 in the shade. Crazy. Okay, so a couple of things. First of all, an example on that. For example, Tupelo High School was going to start the season on Saturday. A Saturday afternoon, 3 o'clock game. They were going to take on a team from Memphis, Whitehaven, at Northwest Community College in Senatobia. Kind of meet them halfway in between, play at 3 o'clock on a Saturday. But they moved it to Saturday night at 7.30 in Tupelo. There's another game going on at Northwest that night. Because they're like, look, you can't play at 3 o'clock in 102-degree heat. Can't do it. So they had to have a night game, so therefore it had to come to Tupelo, and they made it happen. So a lot of that sort of stuff is happening out there in the uh, high school football world. Bum, 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 bum. 
Uh, so I'm going to. Oh, the other piece of breaking news involves the state championships in December. They announced today that the MHSAA state championships, this will be football, two days worth, they will be taking place at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium at Ole Miss this year on the last day of November and the first day of December. So so there you go. And, and the thing is, though, now I saw this on you know, pop-up. And, and somebody texted, actually Bill texted me this too because they saw it. But it's a Thursday, Friday. Now, I don't know for what reason or what's going on, but am I, aren't I remembering this correctly, that over the years the high school football state championships have always happened on a Friday and a Saturday? Like you'd have three games on Friday. Usually the big 6A game would be on Friday night. And then you'd have three games on Saturday. You'd have the 5A game on Saturday night. But according to everything that's out there, they announced that they're going to play them at Vaught-Hemingway at Ole Miss this year. And they will be Thursday, November 30th, and Friday, December 1st. No, I'm wrong. They've got it split up over three days. Right, because you got seven classes. Yeah, okay. So it goes to Saturday. Okay, so, so all right. <laughs> it's not just Thursday, Friday. It's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Because, okay, so now you have seven classifications. That's why. All right, so here it is. November 30th, Thursday, there will be two games. A 3.30 game for the Class 1A championship, a 7 o'clock game for the 5A championship Thursday night. Friday. Two games, a 3.30 game for 2A and a Friday night game, 7 o'clock for the 6A championship. And then on Saturday, three more games. The 4A championship at noon, the 3A championship at 3.30, and then cap it all off, last game of the weekend, Saturday night at 7, the 7A championship game. Seven classes, three days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, It'll be November 30th, December 1st, and December 2nd. Two games on Thursday, two games on Friday, three games on Saturday. So there you go. Passing it along. Just passing it along. Schedule. Here's what you have this week. Of course, uh, the MAIS has been playing for a couple of weeks now. This is the opening week of high school football uh, around the state of Mississippi, and this is the opening night. So tonight, here are your games. You got Bahalia hosting Byers in North Mississippi. You've got Calhoun City hosting Coffeyville. Uh, East Webster goes to Yapora. They did not have to go far. Uh, Enterprise Lincoln is hosting Lloyd Star tonight. That's at Colin Community College on their campus. Quitman is going to host Meridian tonight. Also tonight, Puckett at Mount Olive. Now, didn't I see that they they bounced that game because of COVID? <laughs> didn't I see that? I mean, it's not a yeah. laugh. That happened, right, Beef? Uh, did Jake have an opinion on that? Did he mention that or he just announced it? 
Okay. Yeah, Puckett at Mount Olive. COVID got that one, really. Uh, tonight, Raleigh at Bay Springs, Ripley at Charleston, Strayhorn at Myrtle, and Wayne County is at Oak Grove. Um, so there you go. Those are tonight's MHSAA games. And then tomorrow night. Now, you know, obviously, it's a whole state. Okay, so I could sit here and scroll and tell you games until <laughs> until we are all blue in the face. But I won't do every single solitary game that's scheduled for tomorrow night. What I'm going to do is scroll through and do my best to hit the ones that I know those of y'all in the listening area are either paying attention to, listening to, or going to. <laughs> and I may miss one or two, so cut me a little slack here. Richland's going to host Amit County. Am I saying that right? Amit? 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 Which one is it? A or a? Uh? Beaver, how do you say it? Uh. Amit County. Thank you, sir. So there you go. Uh, you got Wesson hosting Bogachita. You got Provine at Hughes Field going to host Callaway. That's this is tomorrow night, okay? Canton goes to Velma Jackson. Uh, Union's going to host Choctaw Central tomorrow, and Choctaw County is going to host Clarkdale. All right, Clinton versus Warren Central tomorrow night. Now, again, that's one that was a part of the Red Carpet Bowl. For those who don't know, every year in Vicksburg, the Red Carpet Bowl kicks off the high school football season. Both Vicksburg High School and Warren Central High School play at the same location. They don't play each other, but they both play an opponent at the same location with the Red Carpet Bowl. Two games, four teams, an early game, a late game. But because of heat, they're not doing it. Vicksburg's going to host somebody at their place tomorrow night, and Warren Central's going to host Clinton at their place tomorrow night. And that is a big-time ball game to start the year. Two really good football teams. Northeast Jones hosting Collins tomorrow night. You have um, – hold on, scrolling. In this great radio, you have Florence hosting Forest Hill to start the season tomorrow night. Germantown goes to Northwest Rankin. You have uh, Ridgeland playing Harrison Central. But it's noted here, I'm looking at capitalsportsms.com. That's our old Brooksy McJack and company doing a great job over there. They're saying that one's at Gulfport, so I don't know if that's a you know, a similar deal where one place has got a couple of games going on and, or what, but uh, Ridgeland's scheduled to host uh, or to play uh, Harrison Central tomorrow night. You know, I mentioned the other side of the Red Carpet Bowl. Vicksburg is going to host Holmes County. Uh, th- this is tomorrow night. you got Humphreys County going to Yazoo City. Enterprise Clark hosting Lake. you got Newton hosting Lanier. You have Brookhaven hosting Lawrence County tomorrow night. Little little county deal here. You got Leak Central hosting Leak County. You'll have Jim Hill hosting Macomb, and that's at South Jackson Field tomorrow night. Hazelhurst hosting Mendenhall. Mize goes to Taylorsville. Is that one A or two A? Two A now. I'm, see, I don't, I've, I've lost hold of what some class, some of these classifications are after they added the, the seventh uh, classification. 
Start was going to host Knoxville County tomorrow night. Madison Central hosting Ocean Springs tomorrow night. Heck of a way to start the year right there. Oxford goes to Lafayette. They'll cross Highway 6 in a bus. Don't have to go very far. Uh, Neshoba Central hosting Pearl. Picayune at Brandon tomorrow night. There you go, Brandon. Start off with Picayune. <laughs> Be a heck of a ball game. Hey, Beaver, has Jake begun previewing that game this week on his show, Picayune Brandon, yet? Oh, of course. What did he say about it? Uh, he's, you know, yeah. Uh, it's going to be a game of the game of the century of the week. Okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> got you. It is. It's a big time deal now. I'll be listening to him. Let's see here. What else do we have? You got Raymond going to Terry. Any others? Any others around here? I'm sure there are some around here. Got to find them. Oh, okay, this makes sense. By the way, you know, the Tupelo game got moved. The night game at Northwest Community College is going to be South Panola versus Houston, Tennessee. See, so that's they're playing that one at night. And so Tupelo and uh, Whitehaven wanted to have a night game because of the heat, so that's why they're having to go to Tupelo. There's more. We'll look at the schedule, talk high school football. Also, NFL preseason continues tonight. I'll give you a rundown of you know, which players from schools around here are trying to make NFL rosters. I'll give you that rundown. We come back also. I'm Matt. Stick around. Back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Hey, uh, Beaver, Hacksaw Jim Duggan was in Tupelo the other day. Are you old enough to remember Hacksaw Jim Duggan? Yeah. it. I mean, it was before yeah. I started watching wrestling, but obviously I've seen him, you know, many, many clips and pictures yeah. and stuff. No, I take that back. When I, He was... He was in the later years. He was in WCW at that point. Okay. But they were just about to go out of business. Okay. Well, he, um, I don't even know how it showed up, but I saw it on Facebook. Hacksaw Jim Duggan has a Facebook page. And just a couple days ago posted, looks like he and maybe his wife, you know, posing by the birthplace of Elvis Presley's son. And, I saw that. Yeah, and people went crazy over this. Let's see here. So, did they go crazy because Elvis is completely overrated? <laughs> is that why? And watch out now. Watch out, Beaver. Yeah, I, you know, maybe. But no, I think it's because, man, and you know, it's look, when, when there's a guy that you watch when you were a kid, he's walking around and tights and he's this big muscular dude carrying around a two before on his shoulder and now you see him when he's much older <laughs> it's a little bit of a shock um but it looks like maybe 
Maybe he was doing something in Memphis and then made his way here to Tupelo. And he just posted this thing four days ago on Facebook, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and it's got 18,000 reactions, 531 comments, and it's been shared 300 times. This man, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, has a very robust social media presence. I mean, 135,000 followers on Facebook. WWE Hall of Famer and legendary professional wrestler. Missed him. Came to Tupelo. I didn't even know. How do you find out when stuff like that's happening beforehand so you don't find out afterwards? Maybe they don't want anybody to know. I don't know. Hey, 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 hey. Speaking of social media, one more thing. Saw this on Twitter. Pop quiz. So this is for y'all, too. I'm going to ask Beaver his opinion on this. It was a graphic with four pictures of four college football players all wearing the jersey number two. Jersey number two. Who is the best college football player to wear number two? The four choices are. Rod Woodson, Michigan. Deion Sanders, Florida State. Johnny Manziel. Johnny Football, Texas A&M. And the fourth, number two in your program, number one in your heart, for the Auburn Tigers, Heisman Trophy winner Cam Newton, number two. And, and whoever said Alab- the University of Alabama has the best band in the state of Alabama is crazy. They're easily number three behind Auburn and Troy. All right, so what's your answer? Beaver, the best football player to ever wear number two, Cam Newton at Auburn, Woodson at Michigan, Prime at Florida State, or Johnny Football at A&M? I'm going with Cam Newton. All right. He goes with Cam Newton. Little War Eagle on that. Come on. <laughs> yeah, okay. So he's going to War Eagle there, too. That was my answer. You know, and it's not really a preface, but the way I answered it, Beaver, is I said Cam Newton for one year. Who else? Yeah, one year. Ima- imagine uh-huh. if there would have been... Three years of this man. Right. Now, you know what? It's his own fault that there wasn't. Let's let's go yeah. back to, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm here at Florida. Let me go steal this laptop. Mm-hmm. And then fling it out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that right there might mean, hey, look. Okay, look. You, you know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to win the Heisman. <laughs> Good point, Beaver. I started episode three of that Swamp Kings, and I forget who it was, but someone who came in in 07 that was on the team. And he mentioned, he said, I thought our class was the best because we had, he was naming people that I remember playing for Florida. And then he mentioned Cam Newton, and Uh I'm like, is that really a name you needed to mention? Because he didn't play for you. He didn't do anything for you. Right. Might have taken a snap. Yeah. 
It might have taken a snap. But, I mean, seriously, though, Cam Newton was Tim Tebow's backup? Wow. I mean, his one year in college football was maybe the most dominant one year of any one player I've ever seen. Um, and that's why we answer it that way. Um, by the way, just for reference, this is the Auburn band version of Tiger Rag. I mean, you got to admit, it's upbeat, it's catchy, they do a great job. The Auburn band is either 1 or 1A in the state of Alabama, okay? It is. Get down, let's go. All right, so I've got Cam Newton as the best player to ever wear number two. Beavers got him that way. Who else? Who y'all have? Sven on YouTube says Cam without any question. Says he won that Auburn team the championship alone. Well, Nick Fairley was pretty good. If you go back, Sven, and watch the 2010 Iron Bowl, I watched it again here recently, and yeah, Cam Newton was incredible. You're down 24 to nothing in Tuscaloosa and come back and win it? Are you serious? But um, I think maybe the biggest single play in the whole ball game was Nick Fairley's play on that defensive line. Alabama, just before halftime, Alabama's threatening to go in and score again on about the 10-yard line going in. He beat a double team, just dominated two guys, blew up Greg McElroy, knocked the ball out, forced a fumble, recovered it himself. It was the single biggest play of the whole game. That was Nick Fairley in that game. So they, they're pretty good. But, yes, okay, Cam Newton, they win a title. Without him, they certainly uh, don't. Matthew commented he thinks it's Coach Prime. He was on the list. The greatest everywhere, number two. Uh, Brian commented on the Country Pleasing text line, Country Pleasing Sausages. Brian says, Fred Smoot. Smoot! Yeah, Smoot wore two, didn't he? He's pretty good. He was pretty doggone good. But he wasn't on this list. Now, somebody else said Jalen Hurts. Really? Come on now. How does the how does Jalen Hurts compare to Cam Newton? Woodson at Michigan, Coach Prime or Prime then, not Coach, at FSU and Johnny Football at AM. He doesn't. <laughs> and Jason is over here quoting Austin Powers. How do you like that, Jason? I know the movie. Who does number two work for? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Remember that scene. White Denzel had a twist on it. He said the answer is Scam Newton. Well, there ain't no question they paid him. <laughs> right. There's no question. The only people on the planet who will even argue, who they and some of them still do, that Auburn didn't pay him are a few Auburn fans. Yeah, they paid him. And just like Charles Barkley said, it was, it was worth it. <laughs> he got a good deal. State grad 98 I think I know why you're saying this. State grad 98 said if Smoot isn't on the list, then the list isn't worthy of discussion. But, I mean, you can only put four on there. And, I mean, now Prime didn't win. Deion Sanders did not win the Heisman, right? Or did he? Gosh. I mean, maybe he did. I don't know. Did he? (laughs) I have no idea. But I know the other three did. 
Woodson, Newton, Johnny football. You know, when you think about it, too, now, uh, a guy like Smoot. Smoot only played on defense. You know, might have played on special teams, like on a block team or like on a field goal block. I, I don't remember specifically, but only played on defense. He didn't return kicks, punts, didn't play both ways, didn't play any offense, only defense. But you look at Deion Sanders, did a little bit of everything, certainly lightning in a bottle, returning kicks and punts, obviously a corner. That yeah, was his main job. Did a little bit of everything. But uh, Woodson, you know, two-way player, and the other two offensive guys, quarterbacks. So, I mean, for me, Cam Newton. Look, and I know, it, to me, 2010 seems yesterday. You talk to a younger person, they're like, that was ancient. Okay, whatever. Yeah, it is about to be 13 years ago, which I can't believe <laughs> right? how time has flown. But I have never... And, and Johnny Football was a magician, especially that first year that he came on the scene. It was just must-see every snap that he was out there, give him credit. But I have never seen another guy that big, that tall, that fast, that talented, that perfect fundamentally throwing a football. Everything. Cam Newton... 6'6", 260 pounds. He's got like a 32 waist running a 4'4". It's just, it's absurd what he, and when he came in there, he just, he, he dominated. Yeah, so I'd go with Cam Newton. All right, we'll wrap it up next. A little bit of time left with you on this Thursday in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around. Ready to talk sports the Mississippi way with you. So get in on the conversation and tell him what you think. All right, back with you. So it's funny how one conversation can lead to another. So a minute ago, I mentioned on Twitter, I guess you're two days away from football season, college football season. So somebody tweeted, who's the best player to ever wear number two? And the four choices were Cam Newton, Johnny Football, Deion Sanders, and Rod Woodson, Michigan. And so then somebody goes, well, Smoot's not on the list because Smoot wore number two at state. And then when I read that, then somebody texted down in the country pleasing text line and said, I put Emmanuel Forbes and Jonathan Banks over Smoot as the best cornerback at Mississippi State. Okay, well, you know, and Banks was a second-rounder, second-round pick like Smoot, but I think Smoot would have probably had a longer NFL career than than Jonathan did. Of course, Emmanuel Forbes, a, a high first-round pick this past year, but he's going to be a rookie this year in Washington, and so we don't know his career. But there's somebody you're forgetting that I want to remind you about that guys like this you can't forget. Okay, Walt Harris, corner, Mississippi State, first-round pick, the 13th overall pick in the 1996 NFL draft. And as a matter of fact, if you go back and look, (laughs) I mean, I may be crazy, 
But I think Walt Harris wore number two at Mississippi State in his college career. I really do. I think he did. That year in 96, State had two first-round picks. Walt Harris, the 13th overall pick at corner, and then Eric Molds, receiver, in the first round, pick number 24 by Buffalo. And both those guys were in the NFL for over a decade, but Walt Harris played 13 full seasons in a part of a 14. So really he gets credit for 14 seasons in the NFL as a corner. Go back and look it up. Walt Harris. The 13th overall pick in a 96 draft as a corner. Okay, played with the Bears for six seasons. Then he's with the Colts for a couple of years. Then he was with the Redskins for two years. Then he spent three years with the 49ers in which he was really good. And that was his, he started his 10th year in the NFL with the 49ers and made the Pro Bowl and then played for one year or was with the Baltimore for one year and I think maybe got hurt at the very end of it and, and that ended his career. That would have been his 15th year in the league. So the guy plays 14, 13 full seasons, part of 14 in his career. The 13th overall pick, he was, he made the all-rookie team in 96, um, had way, way like a career high in tackles that year. Uh, career numbers, 35 career interceptions in the NFL, 17 forced fumbles in the NFL, four touchdowns he scored in his NFL career across those 13 seasons. There. There's no question that Walt Harris is the greatest <laughs> in terms of a guy who went to the NFL corner to ever come out of Mississippi State. There ain't no question. It's Walt Harris. And by the way, Walt, one of the all-time nicest guys I've ever been around in terms of a teammate. I was only around him for one year. It was his last year at State, my first year there. I'm being redshirted, but we got to spend time together because I was on, I was scout team quarterback. <laughs> So I, I was trying to throw it where he couldn't catch it every day at practice. You know, I'm running the other team's offense. Just an all-time class individual and an all-time player. First-rounder, 13 years in the NFL. Huge numbers. That's the thing about it. His numbers, listen, if you look at the 13 full seasons that he played from 96 to 08, Bears, Colts, Redskins, 49ers, right? 12 of the 13 seasons in the NFL, he had at least one interception. Eight of the 13 seasons in the NFL, he had multiple interceptions in those seasons. When he made the Pro Bowl in 2006, keep in mind it was either his 10th or 11th season in the NFL as a corner now. Back when you had to tackle running backs <laughs> in the era he played in, his 10th or 11th year, if you add it up, he had eight interceptions in 2006. He got drafted in 96. He had a year in 06, his first year in San Francisco. He had eight interceptions in the year. Eight now made the Pro Bowl. That same year, forced four fumbles, recovered two. Walt's numbers across that, I mean, that length of time, play that long in the NFL 
Made the Pro Bowl in 06. He was on the all-rookie team in 96. Yeah. Yeah, um, you're not going to find somebody <laughs> uh, out of state that played that position that had a, you know, a career really even comparable. Uh, to, I guess Smoot would be the only one you know, comparable to that. And he was incredible. I mean, seriously, okay? You got Eric Moles playing receiver and Walt Harris playing corner together their entire career in college, and they both get picked in the same first round of the same draft <laughs> and play against each other in the NFL. It's a really cool story. Norman, Coffee Norman, Texas, said, yeah, Walt Harris was number two at State. We cannot forget guys like Walt Harris. We can't do it. I mean, I don't care how long it's been. we got to do our part as a fan base to make sure that the the next generations of our fan base know who these guys are. I mean, seriously. Jason and Flagstaff said he would agree that it would have to be Cam Newton. Manziel had some legitimate takeover receivers. He did have that now. Mike Evans. Auburn didn't have anything but Cam and a defensive tackle, and they won a national championship with it. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, uh, real quick. I do think I can do this quickly. You have NFL preseason games. They kick up tonight. Uh, Steelers, Falcons. It'll be on NFL Network at 6.30. Amazon Prime Video's got Colts, Eagles. We know all about that. Um, quarterback stuff, Minshew playing for the Colts, all this stuff. Uh, quickly here. Players from State and Ole Miss that are trying to make NFL teams and some who will. For Ole Miss, running back Brandon Bolden, Raiders. Offensive lineman Nick, uh, is it Brecker or Broker? I think it's, I think it's Broker. Bills. Offensive lineman Mason Brooks, Washington. Receiver A.J. Brown, Philadelphia. Linebacker Chance Campbell's with the Titans, we know. Snoop Connor, the running back with the Jags. Matt Corral's in Carolina. Receiver, Ontario Drummond's trying to make the Cowboys. You got Jerrion Ely in Kansas City. You got Evan Ingram, the tight end in Jacksonville. Zach Evans, the running backs with the Rams. Uh, A.J. Finley is with the Chargers. Demarcus Gates with the Bears. Miles Hartsfield's in San Francisco. Marquise Haynes is with Carolina still. He's hanging on. He's a really good player. Malik Heath is going to make the Green Bay Packers roster, it does appear. Mike Hilton is in Cincinnati. He's a corner. Defensive tackles, DJ Jones with Bronco with the Broncos, Benito Jones in Detroit. You got Jalen Jones in Chicago, Dawson Knox, the tight end with the Bills, uh, Metcalf with the Seahawks, we know, Mingo with the Panthers, bunch of Panthers. Elijah Moore is now with the Browns receiver. Offensive lineman Royce Newman with the Packers. There's a few others. Tiamu is trying to make the Vikings. Is he still with them? I, th- I thought he signed with someone else. And then Tunsil is still in Houston. Sam Williams with the Cowboys just recently got arrested. So let me flip over to State, just in case you were wondering who they are. See if I can find them for you here. All right, here's State. You got Jonathan Abram in in New Orleans, the safety. Danico Autry, defensive end, Tennessee. Randy Charlton is in Miami, trying to make their squad. Logan Cook is the Jacksonville Jaguars starting punter. Fletcher Cox with Philadelphia, Charles Cross in Seattle. Dantzler just got picked up by the Houston Texans, the corner, and he's begun practice with them, trying to make their squad. Uh, Colin Duncan is trying to make Carolina. Greg Island's playing a lot in preseason on the offensive line for Seattle. 
You get Martin Emerson Jr. with the Browns at corner, uh, Forbes with Washington corner, Willie Gays and Kansas City linebacker, uh, JT Gray special teams, safety, uh, New Orleans, Elton Jenkins in Green Bay, Chris Jones has yet to sign with the Chiefs. He's willing to hold out to week eight, he said. Kobe Jones, defensive end, trying to make the Panthers. You got Tyree Phillips in, with the Giants in New York, offensive lineman. Of course, Dak in Dallas. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons in, in Tennessee, defensive line. Uh, Slay is with the Eagles. Preston Smith with the Packers again this year. Marquis Spencer is on the Jets. Got hurt in the first preseason game. I'm not sure if he's healthy yet or not. Uh, Montez Sweat, defensive end, Washington, former first-rounder. Jordan Thomas, tight end, Carolina. It says they're playing him at linebacker. I mean, he's listed at linebacker. I thought he was a tight end. Has been in his career so far. Maybe he's trying to change. Uh, Corliss Waitman, punter, is in New England, trying to make them. Uh, Tyrus Wheat was the Cowboys, trying to make their squad on the defensive front. Uh, offensive lineman Darrell Williams is trying to make the Jaguars. You got uh, Cam Young, drafted by the Seahawks. He's a rookie defensive tackle. And Isaiah Zuber, receiver, trying to make the Raiders squad. And that's your list of guys trying to make teams. All right. Thursday show is in the books. I'm Matt for Beaver, all of us here on the show. We'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same place. See you.